0: I'm your host, Rena Friedman-Watts, and
1: this is the Better Call Daddy Show. Hey, this is Big Daddy, Wayne Friedman.
0: That's my grandpa. Grandpa, you ready for more daddy drama? My dad is my number one hero and number one fan.
1: And I'm a pretty cool dude.
0: All right, season four, baby, here we go. More stories you're not going to believe.
1: And maybe you will after you listen. Five stars. Five and a half stars, two thumbs up.
0: You are a pretty cool dude. I love you, mommy.
1: Don't stand on the table and damn the public. You'll get some words of wisdom to live by.
0: Here we go again. Better call daddy. You know
1: what your problem is? You like
0: me. Yeah, I do. Each week, I interview a guest, share the stories with my dad, and then he weighs in at the end of every episode with his wisdom and wit. Hey, Grandpa. Everyone from influential players to inspirational fathers,
1: and of course, controversial people.
2: Grandpa, my mom is calling.
1: Creating that legacy one call at a time. And welcome to the Better Call Daddy Show.
2: Stay tuned.
1: Where's the music?
2: Better Call
1: Daddy, cause he knows
2: your band. He's bringing the zest,
0: he sees possibilities ooh, the moon, with a bit of cold day, you will be by your side Today's guest, Lisa Zerotny, is giving me some friendly competition on the daddy's girl front. My dad says she's a productivity strategist and the host of Positively Living Podcast. She teaches you how to podcast and how to positively work together. Lisa, welcome to the Better Call Daddy Show. All right. So last time we talked, you said, if you know me, you know your dad. Mm. That really stayed with me. Can we talk a little bit about that? I'd be delighted, yes.
2: Okay, Robert Emmett Donegan is his name. And oh my goodness, you know, he he was the extrovert that left everyone feeling better than when he, you know, first saw them. He was the one who was free with the compliments and, <laughs> and sometimes he joked about it. You know, he would call himself a ladies man and schmooze a bit, but really he was so sincere. He wanted people to feel good about themselves. And he wanted to encourage them. And he did it freely and effortlessly. And and I think when I described it to you, I mentioned this idea, you know, the saying that uh, people won't necessarily remember what you said to them, but they will remember how you made them feel.
0: Definitely. I love that. That's amazing. Also, you told me that he passed Like on the anniversary of when you had your son? It was the other way around. The other way around.
2: Yeah. My son was born 10 years on the day
0: of my dad's passing. Can you talk a little bit about when dates coincide like that? (sighs) man it gives me goosebumps and i'm already like whoo all right trying to keep the tears at bay it was
2: really a beautiful thing so at this point you know it's been 10 years i and now it's over 25 years and i still miss him and <laughs> you know that that was a day right and and anyone who has has lost someone that they love knows what it's like to have that anniversary and i was accepting of it and i you know, I I was living my life. And it was funny because my son was due like a week later. He's my firstborn. And normally, you know, I I would expect to either be due date or maybe a little after it did not occur to me that it would happen. And of course, my husband was rooting for, you know, uh, December 31st or before because the tax write off. (laughs) And I was like, I cannot control this. Okay. And it's not how this works. (laughs) Yeah january 3rd my water broke and i was like okay this is happening and it's i guess like it replaced that date in a way but more it made a connection to to me it's life right it's it, death and life it, it's it's that duality and it's beautiful and it's bittersweet and it makes me think of how much my son really does show so much of what my dad is like right I don't want to say that you know he's like his image or whatever he's his own person as a matter of fact we gave him my dad's name as a middle name so that he could still be his own person but have a connection to my dad so that's how I feel I feel like it's connected and it's beautiful and it reminds me of hope but there's light after
0: dark oh my God that is so beautiful I love actually the word that you chose of connection because that is Your whole brand. That Mm. is such a positive spin on that duality. I love that. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. That is so crazy. Can you talk to you a little bit about becoming a mother and when you made that connection? Did you think about that right away, or is that hindsight? In terms of the the connection with
2: with my dad and that date, uh, it, yeah, yeah, and that date. No, I that that was that was because <laughs> when you're uh, in the moment, seren- you're like, yeah. yeah, that was serendipitous. It was literally that it was the right time in our lives. I was with the right man, my husband is the best dad and he does to remind me a bit of my dad and I don't think there's anything surprising about that right he is the same kind of gregarious and sensitive and intellectual and kind man that my dad was and it was just the right time for us to start a family. So this was absolute serendipity. Yeah, no, no foresight here. (laughs) We were going with it. I didn't know. We were like, okay, it's time. Let's see what happens. And at the time I didn't have any expectations. You know, fertility is always a question and I was a bit older too. So this was just meant to be, and I'm grateful for it every
0: day. Oh, that's beautiful. Is your husband a Harry Potter fan like you? No,
2: I don't think anybody's a Harry Potter fan like me. (laughs) He doesn't mind it he he accepts it he uh supports my harry potter (laughs) fandom he went through great lengths and i mean great like wandering around the parks and going online in search of a hufflepuff quidditch t-shirt for me to get me for Christmas. So I gotta, I gotta give him props. Even if he's not a fan like I am, he he definitely supports me. That's love. I think so. Acts of service, baby. It's my love language. Totally. And Harry Potter. (laughs) And Harry Potter and a good frozen drink. Oh yeah. See, now we're talking. This is why you and me bond.
0: (laughs) Oh my God. I love Um, that. Wow. How did you and your husband meet? Oh my gosh. How much time do you have, Rena? (laughs)
2: This is great. He's actually my first love. And we met before college and we met at a musical event. And he was a trumpet player. I was a trombone player. Oh my gosh, he was this adorable redhead and he was so... (laughs) funny. Now, let's be clear, we need to give a shout out to Stephen Wright. So Steven, if you're listening, my son wants to say he feels as though you are the reason he's alive today. Because Jeff was just like, oh, man, he had the whole set list down of Stephen Wright jokes. And I thought they were hysterical. And I'm a phenomenal, like audience as it is. So (laughs) he had me laughing. And I said, Hey, we'll write and he's like, Yeah, sure you will. Because this is like back in the day when it had to be letters and it was long distance phone calls and all kinds of stuff and we did and we kept in touch and he was absolutely my person but college and life took us in separate directions Until Until I had lived my life, I had done so many things, I had been through, of course, you know, my dad's uh, sickness and his passing, and I was, I guess the best way to describe it was in search of myself again, and remembering people that I was most myself with, and Jeff was one of those people, and I googled him. (laughs) And he has a very unique name, which is now mine. So it's not that hard to find his out there. And I Googled him and found him online and we reconnected again. There's a lot to it. And it's not completely my story to tell. I love telling it with him, but to say that it felt like time didn't pass Speaking of connections, in terms of our connection, it really was like that. And after some, we'll say, cleanup in terms of relationships, (laughs) we got together and we also were dedicated to being friends again. And that lasted about five minutes. We were just, we were, again, meant to be. Wow.
0: uh, I feel like so many people like kind of have somebody that they would like to Google and maybe reconnect with. I know,
2: right? So I want to be very clear and I'll I'll tell this part of the story so no one thinks there's anything untoward here. I had been married and I was divorced and he was engaged, but it was her choice actually to break off the engagement. And it happened literally the day after we chatted for the first time again. Ooh. It was like everything opening back up again. Like, you two are supposed to be together. Why are you not? You're messing this up. What do I have to do to... to clear a path our our paths were absolutely cleared
0: back to each other oh man did you have to like let that subside like didn't you worry about like the rebound thing at all or that's a great question and yeah that was part of what we did is we
2: talked and it was even to the point where it's like make sure that you talk it out make sure that you know if you need I don't know go to counseling whatever you need to do do what you got to do and he's like yep I'm on it and she was like nope we're done and then. And he was like, oh, wow, okay, I don't know what to do with this information. I'm like, we should be friends. And we tried really, really hard. <laughs> and we were friends. We actually, it was like at the same time that we were friends and we were talking it out and dealing with all this baggage and, you know, all the things that we had gone through, we were also romantically linked because we, we were drawn to each other. So we, we made it work. And a year later, he proposed we haven't.
0: Okay, <laughs> haven't at least it back to Vegas. Like two days later.
2: <laughs> no, but is you know what is really funny because he proposed at the Grand Canyon, and we had because we had gone to a photography convention <laughs> in Vegas, <laughs> and then we went around to the uh, the state parks, uh, Zion and Bryce, and the Grand Canyon, and oh my gosh, so gorgeous out there!
0: I love that's another Canyon. story. It is day, beautiful. <laughs> yeah, ok. So now I want to know, like, did you have, like, preconceived notions of what marriage was going to be? And getting into a second marriage, did you want things to be different? Were you worried since you had already had got married? <laughs> yeah, I think there there's
2: all those concerns. And that's why we had to process all that emotional baggage together. I definitely felt like it was a mulligan for me. <laughs> and I use that term very specifically because it was a do-over. And with the greatest respect to my ex, who I am friendly with, and he is a great guy, he wasn't a great guy for me. He didn't support my life. It's not even that he didn't intend to support my life. I don't know how to say it in the the gentlest way possible, is that he wanted to live his life and he wanted me to live my life well, but he didn't want that to affect his life, I don't think. Uh, At least that was the impression that I got. It was how I was treated. And at some point you have to say, okay, are we meant to be together? I never thought I would be a person who would leave a relationship ever i mean i and i probably stayed longer than maybe it was best to stay because you know we're we're raised with this whole i'm not a quitter well okay but we also have to know what's right for us and there was so much about my life that i wanted not the least of which was a family and he was not on board with those things and that's fine but that also doesn't mean we need to stay together so all that to say yes i did have different ideas of what i wanted and i think probably the most important lesson that it taught me was that i get to want what i want and i get to ask for it And that was big. That was big for a recovering people pleaser like me.
0: Also, how is it different when you're younger versus Mm. when you tried it the second time around?
2: Yeah. And if now that you're asking me all these really good questions and I'm telling you stuff I never intended to tell you. No, I'm kidding. I'm happy. I'm an open book. It's all good. I love it. But to this point, and speaking of, you know, again, speaking of connections, there was a connection to my dad in me marrying the first time around because I think he really wanted me to be married and you know it was a very traditional kind of view right and he liked my ex it was a very this guy was a very good friend of mine we went to college together again it it you know on paper right it's like up oh, there you go we're good to go and my dad was very sick he let me see well yeah he died a year later so I think maybe somewhere in there I was pushing oh here's a good option. And I need to get married because I don't have my dad much longer.
0: That gave me chills. Yeah. That's so real.
2: Yeah. I'm just, I'm keeping it real. Was it a good idea? It seemed like a good idea at the time (laughs) is my favorite line, right? It just is what it is. I, I, that's what I thought I needed to do. That's what felt like the right choice at the right time. And then in retrospect, I was like, oh, I see. We should have remained friends. Got it. But
0: it's funny because one of the questions I wanted to ask you is what are you learning and relearning?
2: Oh, Lord. There you go. Right there. Yeah. And, and so that learning of making, not being forced into the choices and, you know, I totally coach this as a productivity coach, right? It's like not being, we need to be clear and we need to reduce the stress and we need to be in a good space and authentic and and self-compassionate space to make the best choices for us. Whew. Right there. Yeah, that's a huge life lesson that I learned with my ex. And then and then this this lesson of wait, what do I want? And how often do we not ask that question? And we really need to.
0: Not only what do you want, but I love that you phrase it as I was in search for who made me feel the most myself. Yeah that i feel like is such a key to attracting the right person.
2: Yes, and this idea like i was joking about how he's not really into Harry Potter like i am, not that he hasn't watched it or he went on the he went on the rides, we spent a lot of time, you know, in the wizarding world of Harry Potter when we went to Universal. Thank you very much. Because he knew how much joy that brought me. He wants me to be happy. He wants me to achieve. He's proud of what I do. We are very different people. I mean, we're the classic complimentary case of like introvert extrovert. Do you want to guess which one I am? (laughs) Extrovert. Yay. (laughs) You win a prize. having an extrovert for a friend. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So there's definitely a balance and there's definitely complementary elements here. But yeah, it's like, it, it's just incredible when you have someone who lets you be you. I, I dated someone once upon a time. So, hey kids, you listen to this, you're trying to figure out who's right for you. Here's your life advice. Where he thought again, this was a case where he thought I was good on paper. You know what I mean? I was talented. I was musical. I was smart. I was attractive. You know, I was all these things. So he definitely wanted to date me, but he wasn't into me. He was into somebody else, but she wasn't available. So, and I was like, I'm not going to be an honorable mention here. That doesn't work for me. So it's that whole idea of, it's not, I love you in spite of, it's, I love you for all that you are, right? If well, you know it doesn't matter that you are, or in spite of those words. No, the minute those come up, hello, red flag. <laughs> nope, nobody. Nope, nope, nope. Negatory. Not gonna do it. I'm out of here. Bye bye. You embrace it all, and that's what I feel he does for me. Quirks and all, and and loves it because it's me. It's what makes me me. That's so cool. What do you think that he
0: loves about you? <laughs>
2: do you want me to knock on his office door bring him in no kidding bring him in
0: um, <laughs> bring him in hey bring him out <laughs> <laughs> I know right Have you ever asked him yeah so like, we. yeah he's he's, he's actually volunteered this
2: so I think that uh, I think that I can share this pretty well he loves how I love others how I'm kind and I, yeah I'm even i'm kind and patient apparently according to him. <laughs> to others, even in the most extreme circumstances. He loves my humor and my wit. You know, I I can keep up with him. And sometimes I make him try to keep up with me. And I think maybe he also loves my full acceptance and I think there is something to that when you feel fully accepted by someone else that is very
0: attractive too isn't it like I get you
2: and you're it's so good
0: I feel like even in those answers like you really practice the pause of what you talk about in your episodes and how important it is to pause and really think and savor and celebrate you just celebrated yourself and my husband and our relationship
2: but thank you yes yeah And I do very much try to walk my own talk. Everything that I I share on my podcast, everything that I share with my clients, I'm like, okay, I'm trying it myself, I promise you. And and also not just trying, but not getting it right the first time or the second time or maybe the third or fourth or possibly the fifth. Keep going, keep trying. It's okay, we got this. We're human, we're fallible. We are hot messes and we're amazing. Uh, One of my favorite quotes, and it's coming to me right now, So I'm going to share it, Sophia Bush, that you are allowed to be a work in
0: progress and a masterpiece simultaneously. I love that. Right. And one thing that we were going to talk about is what makes a good guest. And I think Mm. it's sharing both sides of that coin. I like that sharing freely
2: and showing up with the intention to serve. Today, I am here for you and your listeners. And it's like, you're asking me questions and I'm like, hello. And we're here. Let's do this. And I will be open and honest and share as much as I can because it is my intention to serve. And if being honest about those answers and and sharing parts of my life that may be like, you know, it's like from an emotional standpoint, it might be Facebook complicated. You know what I'm saying? Like if, if sharing that can help, I'm going to do it. Yeah, I think definitely what makes a good guest is that willingness and that focus, right? I always ask, what do you want out of the show? What do your listeners need? Because for as much as I may have an opportunity, right, for publicity and for more reach and to connect with people and do the things that I love, what matters at the end of the day is the point of of your show and what you're trying to achieve, and that I support you in it.
0: That's really beautiful. And you're coming up on your podiversary. You've been doing this for three years now. Talk about some of the unexpected twists and turns of that. Oh,
2: my goodness. Well, I think the first twist was just doing it in the first place. So if you're thinking about it, if you're like, oh, I really want to do this and you have an intention behind it. I mean, now, don't get me wrong. You can have hobby podcasts right anyone can grab a podcast and do it if you're thinking about it in terms of your business or or what it is that you're doing or the way that you are helping others in the world understanding your message and your intention and who you're talking to first and foremost. That's something that I did and I did well. I got to give Alicia Galati a shout out. She helped me start the podcast and continues to do so. And that was a big part of what she taught me was let's be clear first and foremost. And it's the same advice I give everyone. And so I did that and I did it scared. And that was another big life lesson, right? <laughs> it's a feel the fear and do it anyway. It's like, there's so much we have to do where we do it scared. and I promise you the skill will come with it. So the twists and turns was, first of all, I loved the interview part. And I think it's because that's always been my place, having these conversations, that magic where you're like, I don't even know where this is going to go. And it is awesome. I am here for it. Grab a beverage, buckle up, and let's do this. I love that. And so one of the things, another a, a twist that came up for me was the fact that for the purpose of my show okay it's called positively living it's part of the positively productive kind of you know vibe right but it's overarching it's like a bigger umbrella of how do we live our best lives and i want to teach as well as Learn and glean from others. So it's sort of that. Well, if this is my intention, then there are certain things I'm going to need to do. And one of them was doing solo episodes.
0: Mm, This is such a good point.
2: Okay. And let me tell you, that was difficult for me. Well, you kind of fooled me
0: well thank you (laughs) but that's it
2: doing it afraid and practicing it and the more that you do it the more the confidence builds the more that you you lock in and it gets better and better so that was definitely a twist and and turn for me was okay i really need to do more solo episodes they've been phenomenal my clients listen to them. And it's a great way for us to fast track what we're doing even more because it'd be like, okay, now listen to this episode. So you have me in your ears, (laughs) you know, when we're not meeting. And then when we go to meet, we can discuss that subject, right. And, and get into those details. It's like, okay, you already listened to this part. Now we go here and we move faster. It's been great. It's also challenged me to really think about where I stand, not just as a productivity coach, but in the productivity industry, right? And to speak out and to speak up about what matters to me what bothers me one of the biggest things that bothered me thank you for asking i could you were asking with your eyes i'm gonna tell you (laughs) was the whole hustle culture the whole go Mm. go go and the whole boot camp style like we have to force it and you know yeah don't get me wrong i am all about hard work and and work ethic and sometimes you got to buckle up and just get her done i get that but for the most part we live in a society that promotes too much of this the busy badge of honor and oh my god we go 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 and busy 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 and that's where we feel like we have our value and that's the road to burnout and i will not have it not on my watch i got through caregiving <laughs> my mother and my children i made it through i had a second chance to figure out how to do life right. Man, I've had a second chance at a marriage. I've had a second chance at life in general. And with that second chance, I want to do things
0: differently and I want to teach others the same. That is powerful. I absolutely love that. And I agree. Busy is all of us. And like I heard you say in an episode too, now we have to like figure out how to meditate, figure out how to pause and take a class on that. Right? (laughs) Like, okay. (laughs) Speaking of red flags. Yeah. That's when you know that like something isn't working. Exactly. Right? Okay, so let's talk about being productive. How are you productive with your podcast? Because I will say when I was on your show, it was amazing. And I was getting ready to move from Chicago to Texas. And I was in like a completely chaotic state. And you were able to interview me and you were so prepared for the interview. And you sent me over the swipe copy and you gave me the graphics and you made it easy to share. Do other guests that have been on your show notice that? Do they want that? Talk a little bit about your process yes thank you and i do believe they do definitely many guests
2: have complimented me on that i think probably one of the best compliments that i've gotten is that they have felt welcomed and comfortable and like they know what's happening. And so I want to point that out as the intention behind this. It's like, why do you want to be organized? Well, it does save time and energy. Yes, I get that. But also you want to bring out the best in your guests, right? And if you can make them manage their expectations, make them feel welcome. If you can set up things such that they are notified and not always wondering. And I'm sorry to say I've experienced as a guest where I'm like, what's going on? I haven't heard from them do we, are we still on? Have it, you know, like, or I've gotten the automated calendar notification, but literally nothing else. What's happening. And you know how that, that is in your mind, right? When you start to get unsure, it kind of, and depending upon the anxiety level of a person and what they're going through that can spiral them. So I'm like, we're not going to do that. Life is crazy enough. We're going to make sure that you have everything you need, that you have questions answered. And I'll tell you right now, part of the process that I have, I I do have a list of things that I need from them to get our very best sound, but I do that automated right in my acuity calendar. So here's the thing if you set up something where they're getting an automated response to say or an automated reminder to say hey recordings coming up you can put text right in there modify those templates and that's what i've done to make sure they have everything they need that's including links if they or you know to email me all of that is right in there if there's a question it makes it very easy For them to know exactly when they're showing up i will say because it's automated it may not have exactly what we're talking about but i will have confirmed that ahead of time do you pre-interview every guest that's a good question because i can understand that pre-interviews take time so we want to be very particular right but it's getting close to that in that building that rapport to me, is priming productivity. And that's a phrase I like to use where sometimes you put in a little effort ahead of time. Not everything is like super efficient, use the least amount of time possible. Sometimes you have to put in a little extra effort, a little extra time on the front end, but you yield it in the back end. And so the pre-interview chat can do that. So I do that in If I know someone already or we've connected, I might not necessarily have to do that, but I want to be very clear on the intention that we're setting for the podcast, because in many respects, we're co-creating that. I understand that I'm the interviewer, that I'm the host, but we're still co-creating. And now after 150 episodes, 160 now coming up this week, there's so much that we've said already. I want to make sure that every conversation that comes in next complements something we've already discussed.
0: Hmm. How come?
2: Well, in part, because everything that we do, everything I do as a coach and, and everything that we do in life when we're trying to be organized and productive is a build, right? When we have habits, we start very small and we build upon them. We stack them, we anchor them, we do things where we we start with a doable step and then eventually it grows into something much more complex but still feels doable. And I like to approach topics on the show in the same way. The other thing is people need to hear things over and over again and in different ways. So the more that we can bring in different angles and variety, but relating to similar topics, the better. Because now we're driving home that point about pausing, celebrating, practicing gratitude, reducing our stress, whatever it happens to be. Different kinds of systems, different platforms. We do cover a lot in terms of variety, but when it ties back, it can really help with someone trying to understand this topic and also as a podcaster, it's a bonus because then you have deep linking, right? Because mm-hmm. then that's easy for me to say deep linking so that you're like, okay, we have this current episode, but now we are also linking back to episodes that complement this conversation. So if you are a binge listener where you're like, okay, I need to like jump into gratitude. Okay. No, I need to jump into all of the episodes that relate to different platforms. I want to hear about Trello. I want to hear about Airtable. I want to hear about all of them. Okay. Then Then you have the opportunity, it's right there. It encourages listeners to continue to listen. So it's a win-win. It supports them in learning about a topic, but also it supports you because you bring back episodes that feel like they're long past.
0: Do you ever link in your show notes? Always. Episodes? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah, 100% the links in the show notes. So that follow-up, if we talk about something in the show, if we mention an episode, if we mention a product or a book or a tool or whatever, there's always some kind of link. Then also when there are, and I'll usually mention in my setup to an interview that we talked about this and we've also talked about it on these other episodes, or sometimes I will actually recommend it and say, this would be a good idea for you to go back and listen to this one because they're important pair. And sometimes it's like if you're interested, you may also want to. So trying to be like Amazon,
0: <laughs> yeah, and like this right, yeah. Even in our conversation, we got on the subject of AI, and you're like, "Oh, hey, you might enjoy this episode," and yeah. I did actually. And I Wonderful. think that that's kind of a tactful way to keep the conversation going. What do you think about that? Help me understand what you're
2: asking. Well, Uh, some
0: people are like, you know, you shouldn't send other people links. But I actually think, you know, if there was something that you were discussing, you know, you can say, hey, no pressure to listen. But I have done an episode on that. You know right and a lot of times
2: if you're having this conversation to me it's the easiest ask and i think we did in this case i was like would you like me to send you that or to your point it could be you asked me to send you a couple of links relating to this really cool topic and also I thought of you because we had just talked about this. Here's another link, you know, and like you said, it can be a listen or don't. That's already in the midst of a conversation. You're not spamming people with links and be like, listen to my podcast. You're like, hey, we were talking about this. You are not only a podcaster, but also a podcast listener and a fan. Would you like to hear this? And, you know, to me, that's a very gentle ask. We have to be, my goodness, have to be sounds like such a harsh phrase. It would behoove us. (laughs) to find that middle ground because yes, we want to be respectful, but also we want to encourage people to listen because the reason we created this is to create value for them. That's the whole point of it. And to me, the podcast episodes are such an easy ask. It's free, you're, really, you're asking them to turn it on when they have a moment and listen, and they can decide if they do or not, if they listen all the way through or not, if you know what I mean, that's entirely up to them. It's a beautiful, simple, passive way to say hey this is how I can continue to support you
0: yeah and I'll say too like a lot of times if I listen to an episode of you know somebody who I've also collaborated with I'll reach out to that person and I'll say hey you know I was talking to Lisa the other day she sent me the episode I enjoyed listening to it let's connect too if I like her I like you you know what I mean absolutely and I've found incredible guests that
2: way and most times too what's really brilliant about this is if you said to me oh my gosh Andrea is amazing. And I'd be like, yeah, isn't she though? And then I would say, I'd be happy to make an E intro. Right. And then, she can hop on your show as well. And isn't that a beautiful thing? So yeah, the more that we do that, you never know the ripple effect. I think that's a good reminder. So so yeah, so with the organizing, letting people know what's going on ahead of time, deep linking in the show notes so that it's supportive, deep linking to stuff that they've done, you know, like, or if I've been on your podcast, you've been on mine. Let's say someone comes onto my podcast. If I've already been on yours, I will be sure to link that in the show notes as well.
0: Yeah, I think that that's good. I'll tell you, when you were talking about feeling unsure of if this podcast is even going to happen, it actually Mm -hmm. made me think even to myself because depending on your schedule, right? Like sometimes you're quicker to send the people the information than others. I mean, even when you air stuff, I have gotten really behind on posting all of the social media clips that I've created. Mm -hmm. And for some guests, you create more than others. So how do you juggle that? So
2: this is where, you know, the productivity side really comes in, right? Having your systems and processes, having a checklist. And to your point too, yes, we may have lots of options for posting and promoting, but having something that's consistent and minimal, we do have to embrace the done is better than perfect in all of this, right? As with anything, podcasting is a great example of this. It's not the frequency, it's the consistency, right? So let's remember that because even if you promise yourself And so this is part of like the system, this is part of the habit that you have with each and every episode is that you say, I will at minimum post one video clip and like one, you know, image or whatever for that week. And then if I can do more, great but then it's represented. So that's usually what I have is like a bare minimum that I'm going to do and then if something fun happens, I'll never forget I did an episode early on with a guest talking about Marie Kondo and full disclosure, I'm not a huge fan. I appreciate what she did for the industry, but I have some issues with, with the whole spark joy thing, because it's, to me, it's too limiting. I think that we have more complex lives than that. So, but I wanted him to come on because he was a Marie Kondo, like, you know, certified specialist and explain the situation. And I found this meme at the time that was like, Netflix has gotten their signals crossed. It was like, I don't know, men across the screen with with weapons like guerrilla warfare. But then the Netflix title was like Marie Kondo, you know, like tidying up or something <laughs> And it was a whole joke too, because Marie would like say, you know, you have to, or at least people were thinking you have to get rid of everything. Anyhow, all this to say that was not on my promotion plan, but you can be sure I posted that immediately on Instagram and was laughing so hard about it. And then, you know, mentioned the episode. So that's a fun bonus example. That's rolling with serendipity there. But for your own system, give yourself permission to say one sound bite and one image for the week is enough. So that i've represented that guest in that episode and have the checklist ready and that's what i do the other thing is with promotion so first i have everything automated to get the guest on then i have a template copy ready to go that I can set up early and actually have scheduled and ready to go that I send to them. And you've experienced this where it's like, hey, thanks for being on the podcast. I'm really excited about it. You can then go in, like if you have a template ready to go where 80 or 90% of it is done, that saves you so much time. Then you go in and you personalize it right? So that just takes a little bit of time to do that. Make sure the links are correct. And I do make a point to send a lot of details. So you have a link to the blog post, a link to the episode, a link to the graphics folder where you can choose your graphics, but I attach a few. I make it really easy. You mentioned swipe copy. That was a game changer, by the way, as a podcaster, if you send something that they can copy paste to promote, I have to say that my guests promote the show really, really well. And I think it's in big part because I give them everything they need to do it and make it simple.
0: Yeah. I just started using a new tool called Cast Magic. They're not a sponsor, but it provides you keywords. It gives mm-hmm. you LinkedIn post ideas right along with your AI thing. Yeah. You know, you upload the MP3 or the MP4, you know, whether it's just audio or it's audio and video. And it from that, it gives you 10 title suggestions. It gives you post ideas. It gives you quotes and. I have been sending the guests some of that saying, you know, here's some keywords you can use, here's some post ideas you can use, feel free to tweak it, but here's a good start.
2: That's fabulous. Yeah. And that (laughs) makes it so easy and it gives them something to go off of because you think about any request, right? Where you say to someone, hey, if you get a chance, could you post about this? And they want to, right? They totally want to, best of intentions. But then they do the thing, and I'm sure you've experienced this too, where you're like, oh, what do I say? How do I post about this? Wait, where was that link? What do I need to do again? Wait, why am I posting this? What, what's for dinner? Wait, did, did my phone just ring? Where is my phone? Oh my God, I need to charge it. Do you, like, the intention to do that post is long gone. Now the difference with the email that I send you, which is celebrating this amazing episode we just did, is here are graphics, including some actually linked, like attached right to the email. So you could save that sucker, swipe you know copy paste from the email and literally put out an instagram post right now if you wanted to or go back to the email later easy to find it download however you want to do it but the point is i've made it so easy for you to share and i've made it easy for me to help you share because i have that set up as a template ready to go i have the stuff saved so as soon as the episode is ready to go i have all the links i need so then it's a plug and play
0: yeah, that's super important. And at what stage of the game did you realize it needed to be that way? Like how has that plug and play evolved? So just like
2: any other habit, and I think this is so important, you mentioned the twist and turns over over the years. Everything that sounds so super fancy with me was not always that way. I will say that, you know, using acuity, because I was already using that in business, so it was the, you know, automated calendar, you know, invites and reminders, that was locked in. Adding in the the text and the information and the reminders of, of how things were going to work that came over time. So again, you start basic. So even if right now all you have is I've got a checklist so I know what I'm doing. I have a calendar invite and I have, I don't know, some kind of contract or form or something to, to get guest approval, a guest release, if you will. That's fine. You can absolutely start that way. But the more that you can build on, the better. And over time, I started with the, hey, you're live. Here are some graphics. And here's where you can listen to the episode. Then I started to add more to the email to say, well, maybe this is what you need to understand, that here's a blog post if you have an audience that's maybe a bit more into blogs and they can go right there, listen to the episode right there, not even have to go into a player. Right. Or here's the main link. You know, I, I gave up on like here, listen to it on Apple or Spotify or whatever. Nope. I just go right to the Buzzsprout link and then they can choose their player from there. That's fine. Then there's the graphics. Okay, here's a whole graphics folder. But for some people, overwhelm strikes. Oh my God, it's a whole folder. How do I choose? So I put in a couple that are very specific to them. They don't need my quote. What do we care about my quote? (laughs) Like I have a quote, it was probably good, but they don't need to post that. They could post their quote. So I put some of those right in the email. So yeah, I built it up over time to tweak it. I built it up. You also have to pay attention to how people are confused. (laughs) And
0: if they're like, I didn't get that, or what do I have to do? Then you adjust and you make it easier for them as you go. Right. I mean, I even took some of those graphics and used a template. I think on Instagram and used more than one graphic at the same time and dropped in music and then took the swipe copy. Love it, love that. Yes, I've done reels with
2: mine before or carousels are big and having multiple images, you can pop that in and I I make a carousel out of it. It's, granted, it's not the standard kind that has, you know, information on it that you go from point to point that you're making, but rather it's like, I don't know, it's like a buffet of images related to that episode because some people are like, oh, that's where it's playing. Ooh, those are the bullet points of, you know, what's happening in the episode. Oh, that's an interesting quote. Everybody takes away something different from it.
0: Yeah, for sure. Now, how have you taken the podcast and applied that to your business? Mm. Because
2: I knew that I wanted it to be for business, much of what I have done with it relates to that. And it's interesting too, because A lot of times when we talk about podcasts and business, we think about monetizing and my monetization has been more through leads and connection and networking than it has been through sponsorship because one of the, I guess it's a, it's a, really big part of what it is that I do as a coach is that I am not platform specific now there are many productivity coaches out there and they'll be like we're going to get you set up in Asana and you're going to kick butt and take names and I respect that but the way that I work is that I don't believe a particular platform a particular technique is for everyone we have to figure out who you are first how you work best so you're not going to find me asking for specific sponsorships like that because I may respect and I may even use those tools. But my whole premise is that we need to figure you out first. Now, if via strengths assessment or, you know, or someone uh, or Gretchen Rubin's four tendencies or, you know, things like that, that I use to help people assess what they do, personalities and strengths and and, and core values, maybe that, or maybe audible because I, <laughs> I love reading, but it's it's very limited. So all that to say, I focus on how we're connecting. We talked about sharing links with people we talked about finding other opportunities i've gotten speaking opportunities i've gotten more podcast guesting opportunities i've helped potential clients who have met with me and they've met with me after having listened to the podcast because it builds the know like and trust factor so fast. They've gotten, they've gotten a chance to listen to the podcast and then decided to work with me because I have covered specific topics or because of how I've covered specific topics. Most of the people who come to me, they're frequently now neurodiverse because finally they're like, I can't work with the productivity stuff that's out there that everyone says we're supposed to do. These techniques and these tools, it's all, it's very singular focused. It's very I don't like using the word neurotypical, but for want of a better word right now, it's focused on what we have felt has been a typical way for us to focus and work. And there's so many people out there like, this is not working for me. What's wrong with me? And I'm over here going, hello, hi, nothing's wrong with you. You need to know how you work best. And then we will customize the tools to work for that. So when they hear those kinds of things, that tells them, okay, she's my people. And finally there's help and we connect that way. So it's been a real boon in in terms of networking. And then the surprise way I mentioned before is that my current clients listen to my podcast, like like our avid listeners. (laughs) And when they come to a session, the ones I especially do in signature coaching, where we have regular accountability sessions, they'll come back and they'll be like, oh, I listened to this episode or this is what happened. And it's a phenomenal jumping off point for like aha moments that they've had or questions they've had, or how could this apply to my life? So that's been a wonderful surprise.
0: I love that. That's amazing. Didn't you say you were thinking about doing an upcoming workshop?
2: Yes. Well, we did talk about the whole podcast organizing side of it. And I've seen so much people like you who can get you up to speed and get your tech and get your strategy and and the whole podcasting world ready to go. And then you have people in uh, social media and promotion and pitching helping you on that side of it. But I feel like there's this gap in the middle of the stuff that I talked about setting up automations and systems, having those checklists ready to go. And so yeah, I've been uh, giving strong
0: consideration to a podcast organizing workshop. Yeah, it's amazing how I feel like your podcasts are bite sized and digestible. And like you said, that they build upon each other, which is great. And for a workshop, it doesn't actually have to be like a barrage of information it can simply be like here are the few things you need to get set up yeah and like you said if your clients are listening to your podcast and they are your people you're completely in an alignment that's amazing like i feel like that's happening for me too like my listeners have become my clients and so that's when you know that you're bringing the people who you wanted to bring if they're listening to you and they want to work with you, right? Yeah, definitely. Uh, The more that you're connecting with incredible people,
2: like I sometimes sit back and I'm like, how lucky am I to be working with the people that I do? They're the most amazing people. They're so creative. They're multi-passionate. They're driven. They're heartfelt. And I get to show up and, and help them further. I just, it's incredible. And you've attracted
0: that though.
2: Yes, that's exactly it. I've done my very best to attract that because what i believe in. I think that authenticity is so important. I walk, like I said, I've said this, I think multiple times to you, I walk my own talk. I'm trying here. and i think too uh, to that point one of the best things i ever learned and i had to share it with my clients and i think it's part of why i track this is that when you see people who are working in productivity and, and organizing as i do sometimes there tends to be this like shame and feeling like you know you're you're a mess or or you're or there are issues or there are problems to solve and it's not about that it's about discovering ourselves and working our best positively of psychology, you know, is a big part of what I use to inform how I coach and it's leaning into your strengths. And that discovery is so hopeful and so encouraging. And the more that I realized it's not about people who are like, I'm just not organized. And it's more about people who are like, I want to get to the next level. I've accomplished a lot. But this is still like mm, really like ah, it could be disorganized. It could be like my systems have now limited me. I have to get better. But sometimes it's a matter of I'm limited because I feel like everything that I'm trying is limiting me. How do I open up to that? And that's exciting for me that I, I work with people who who do understand productivity concepts and have studied it and have tried everything and have a drawer full of planners, you know, and trial and error and all of that. It's not that they're brand new to this concept it's that now they're understanding there's something else out there that will unlock way more than they realized
0: lisa you are the up leveler <laughs> yeah i like that that's cool i yes. mean it, it, i also feel like this ties back into the beginning of our conversation too with the dating i definitely up leveled <laughs> in terms of marriage <laughs> Yeah, but it's okay to up-level. It's okay to do over. It's okay to start messy. Oh,
2: yeah. And when you think about it from an entrepreneurial standpoint, how many times have we been like, okay, so I tried that. And it seemed like a good idea at the time. <laughs> okay, that didn't work. Oh, yeah. I mean, I was looking at some notes recently doing a decluttering, right? Reviewing some stuff, taking a quick look through. And I was like, I can chuck that. I can chuck that. Oh, look at that. That was a membership I wanted wanted. wanted to try and that bombed. Okay. But that's not failure. You're discovering, right? It's a Thomas Edison light bulb thing. How many, how many things are not going to work for you? So the only difference is when you work with coaches, right? In my case, from the productivity side, you figure out faster. (laughs) You get through those other iterations and sometimes you can skip over many of them to get to what works for you faster. But yeah, we all have that list of stuff where we're like, well, that didn't
0: work. And we learn. (laughs) I love that. But if you toss those things out, then you really do get to focus on your gifts and let people know how they can find all of your gifts. And do you have a question for my dad? You know, the question for your dad is probably more
2: of a hmm, philosophical one. I was thinking about how like a quarter of a century ago, where even more, my dad told me, as a woman in this world and, and as a potential entrepreneur, that I had to work twice as hard, and I had to be smarter than they were (laughs) to show up and that I was capable of anything. And I love that advice. And I was just curious what your dad would say today to those of us still trying, right, especially as as women entrepreneurs out there and to the next generation, I, I would
0: love for him to add on to
2: that. Advice?
0: Mm, That's such a beautiful question. I love that. That's really thoughtful and kind. Thank you. Thank you. And
2: in terms of where you can find me, positivelyproductive.com has all of my information. Of course, you're listening to an Amaze Balls podcast right here. So you could pop right on over to Positively Living and come hang out with me there, and I'd be honored. And if you want to just be a goofball, and have some fun and some stress relief, and see me do the most ridiculous reels, then hop over to Instagram, positively
0: underscore Lisa. (laughs) Lisa, I love your reels. I love that you you. put them on LinkedIn, too. Every time I see them, I'm like, yes, she makes my day. I do.
2: I do. Because I felt like LinkedIn was kind of stuffy. And speaking of authenticity, I was like, okay, maybe this isn't the place for it. But this is who I am. So we're going to do this. And thank you so much for, for being there and celebrating those with me because I have a blast doing it. And why not share that that fun? People feel it. Yeah, for sure.
0: Awesome. You've heard from my mom. Now let's switch it over to grandpa. Well,
1: I'll tell you, this Lisa is right on the ball and she's definitely a daddy's girl. No question about that. The apple didn't fall far for the tree in this case either. But isn't that what it's all about? Isn't that really the, the duty of a father is to not only set the best example for your daughter, but also be there as the ace in the hole, the backbone where if she is going to fall or is a little wishy-washy about something, that you're able to stand her right back up and get back in the race. Because she has the same potential, if not more potential, than most men. Daughters can be everything, but fathers have to really make sure that it happens. Isn't that the kind of similar advice her father gave to her, that you have to maybe work twice as hard, maybe three times as hard. And you got to get in there and you have to keep plugging away and you got to keep fighting no matter what. You'll get better outcomes from your failures. If you take them in stride, and that's really the advice I would give to my son as well. But I don't have any, so I have to give it only to my daughters, right? And I've been surrounded by girls my whole life. But the truth of the matter is, is that men are really, at times, a weaker species than women. Women really can stand up with the right kind of encouragement and uh, quit less than most men that I know. What do you think of that? Oh, that's sweet. Well, you know, you, you went with some personal touch. She's obviously also showing you how important it is to market and outreach and make the right type of networking connections and to try to make it easy for people to be able to follow you, but participate with you. It's not just where you want people just to follow you. You want to be able to create a network where people can be authentic and real and where there can be discussions where everyone really joins your family and where it's a family show where everyone has an opportunity to participate and grow with you and isn't that what we've talked about on many of the shows as well that the better call daddy show is not only about legacy but it's about progressing and being positive, and really learning from each other, and sharing that with everyone that we can. And I think that's a very important lesson for all podcasters. But how do you like how the father was sick, this fellow that she knew from college, good fellow, but it wasn't necessarily maybe her idea or her father's idea, but look how a father also wants to make sure that his daughter is settled, and that there's somebody there to also lift her up if he's not going to be there. Very important for a father to always uplift the daughter, right? So she decides to get married. A year later, he passes away. But the thing is, is that still the right advice to give your daughter also is to make sure that You are marrying someone that is going to, in fact, uplift you and let you be who you want to be and be able to participate in activities and be able to grow where you have that same support. And if you marry a man that wants you to just follow his endeavors and doesn't want to give you the same equal opportunity to grow as well and to be a true partner, and everything that you do, guess what? Then it's not a match. And someone that she knew also, that she got reconnected with, there was a, a natural common bond there that was undeniable. And don't we at times have to reinvent ourselves? Isn't it as we go along life that we think it's gonna work out this way? And it really doesn't. So we have to be able to adapt and roll with the punches and adjust all along the way. And that comes from our experiences as well. Which experiences am I talking about? the ones that we try and that we fall down on and we pick ourselves back up and get back into the hunt or back into the race. We learn a lot more from those experiences and we try to prevent them from where we don't want to fall down again. And that's why as time goes on, we win more and get better at what we're doing because of the practice, because of the experiencing some of those lows. I get lots of practice. But we get lots of practice. It's right. Look how even with the the factory closing down, look at all of the side hustles that your father's had to do and adjust. And look at all of the personalities that I've dealt with when we had the factory. And even after the factory, all the ups and downs of taking care of all these uh, crazy variables that I'm involved in is where you have to always be willing to learn, adapt. And again, the formula of surrounding yourself with people that will be on board with you and want to help you legitimately and not just be a time suck, okay? But people that actually want to participate and care about working with you. That's the type of network that you want to build. And that's the type of network Lisa is trying to do as well. And I have to admit, she can give you some competition being a daddy's girl. I'll tell you that. That's good. I like it. Okay. I think that's it. I'm signing off.
0: Thanks for listening. Now I think I'm going to go call my dad.
1: (laughs) I'll say goodbye and see you the next time.
0: Thanks for listening to the Better Call Daddy show. Join us weekly for new episodes and more daddy wisdom.
1: Better Call Daddy is good advice always. Don't
0: forget to like, subscribe, and share. You can also find special episodes on my YouTube channel, and you can listen on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Amazon Music, Alexa, or your preferred podcatcher. That's a wrap for now.